Hey, I'm Dr. Rafi, a chiropractor with a master's in nutrition. And I'm Roxanne, a licensed professional counselor. And together, we are personally and professionally speaking. Not only are we professionals, we are also cousins. And on this show, we'll discuss topics related to relationships, parenting, health, wealth, friendship, and so much more. All from our personal and professional points of view. Personally and professionally speaking with R&R starts now. Hello and welcome back to Personally and Professionally Speaking with R&R. I'm Roxanne. And I'm Dr. Rocky. Today we will be looking at roles. Not roles as in food, but roles in society. Oh, you know what? I almost wouldn't even mind talking about roles as in food. So we may need to talk about that at another date in time. (laughs) (laughs) I can just feel my stomach bloating as you say that. I know, right? Isn't it a wonderful feeling for like a whole five seconds? So as we're getting into today's topic, I'd like to start with an adaptation of a quote that many people are familiar with. And it goes, all the world's the stage, all the people are merely actors playing various roles. And of course, this was adapted from William Shakespeare. That is such a good quote because I feel like it is, that's so true because depending on the situation, who you're around, you act differently, not like 100% differently, but you kind of change when you're with different people to fit the role that others expect you to be and also who you want to be around uh, various people. Right. And I like to call them hats. So, of course, I'll put on this hat and then, okay, time to go over here. Let me pull this hat off and put on this new hat. So, I think uh, if I had to put a number on it, I would say I probably trade off between about 75 or so hats. I didn't think you were going to say that high, but I would, but, but you, you gave a good number because I was thinking like, I don't even know if I could count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so roles that we're expected to play and of course some of them are um, based on like stereotypes and what's just just general expectations that we have of people like you said earlier yeah that that's so true so I know one hat that probably almost never is taken off is the mommy hat take mine off I try I mean yes there's the times when I do self-care or whatever but there's still like I could be doing self-care and something pops into my head where it has to deal with the kids and I just can't completely empty myself of thoughts from them or whatever. Or I'm taking self-care and I'm taking a bath and I'm in there. Maybe I'm in there for like almost an hour or whatever. I don't know. I lose track of time. And then pops in a kid that's like, hey, mom, what are you doing? Oh, I'm trying to take a shower or a bath by myself. Can you please get out of my bathroom right now so I can relax? And then if that say kid goes, nope, I want to stay in here with you. There goes my self time. <laughs> so um, I'm just going to assume that you are talking about your youngest child. <laughs> yes, that is so true. He will even go so far. I remember um, uh, one time he came in and this little boy decided to put his hand in my bath water I'm like if you don't get out of the bathroom he's a piece of work if you guys can't tell by now (laughs) that he's a piece of work I don't know I don't know what to tell you that is so hilarious so I guess in a sense yes like in the back of the mind there are always thoughts of the children but there are other times where I'm like 
I know my children are perfectly safe with whoever I have left them with. I am not worrying about them. Right. I mean, it is when when they're left with like my parents or my husband's parents, that is a sense that they're fine and I can do whatever. But there's still always other things that just are in the back of my mind for some reason. I can't like 100% let go. I think I can get 80% go. But there's still that other 20% that's still there. I'm probably a little bit higher. I'm about at 90% letting go. Heck, maybe <laughs> 95%. As a matter of fact, did I ever tell you the story about my very first Mother's Day? No. Okay. So Elena, of course, she was born in February. Um, so while I was on maternity leave, I believe May rolled around and we were like, ooh, let's go to Miami while I'm still on leave and don't have to worry about going to work. So I spent my first Mother's Day on the beaches of Miami while my child was with my mother. So she got to spend her first grandparent day. Well, I guess it's Mother's Day as a grandparent with her first grandchild. While I was out gallivanting the beaches and jet skiing, jet skiing around Miami Beach. <laughs> it was wonderful. That sounds like a good thing. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure what we did our first Mother's Day. I'm just going to be honest. Not as eventful as yours. I know we, we did something. We celebrated in some kind of way, but I don't exactly. I can't remember last Mother's Day, to be honest. I will have to say I could only take my mommy off for so long because I was nursing at the time still. So every time Ooh. I would get food, I'd be like, oh, God, it hurts. We need to go back to the hotel. <laughs> yes. That's not fun when you're, and you weren't even that far past, like being breastfed. That's only like, what, three, four months of having pretty much yep. still gorging really bad. So let's talk about another hat that we could talk about mommy hat all day, all long, all night. How about work hat? Oh my gosh. The, and you know, you wouldn't even think there would be so many hats that you had to wear at work. But when you really think about it, there's quite a few. So how about you start? What are some of your favorite hats to wear at work? Um, how about when dealing with a difficult patient that doesn't want to listen, doesn't want to do anything, and you, you have to wear a different hat because you kind of be, have to be a little bit more stricter with them and be like, listen, this is what's going on. This is why you need to do it. If you don't want to do it, it's okay. It's not my body that's hurting. Yours is the one that's hurting. So if you don't want to follow the rules or follow the instructions or the advice, you might want to go somewhere else. I mean, it because at the end of the day, it is what it is. Very true. So that's one hat. There's the other hat with the patients who um, they follow everything. They kind of need you to hold their hand with everything. And that's fine. I think that there's no problem with that. Um so you just give them the advice and they'll follow it. And then when should I come back? And then you tell them and then they're there. What time? You tell them and they're there. Like those are like ideal patients that like that they give you no issues, no problems. They're just there. And then I have the hat for when I deal with kid patients because you have to be a little extra silly when you're dealing with them because they, sometimes they could be scared or they're looking to their parents for um, reassurance that it's okay. 
and um, you just have to let them know what's going on in terms that they can understand, especially for their first adjustment, to try to explain how an adjustment works and what's going to happen so that they don't get afraid or think. I remember one patient I adjusted, um, which is a hilarious story. I adjusted her neck, and she had never had her neck adjusted, and she was like four, maybe five, and as soon as I adjusted her neck, the first one, it was like, plop. And she was like, ah, you broke my neck. You broke my neck. All while she's turning her head and she's like, oh, my God, you broke my neck. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and her little, sister, <laughs> her little sister was standing there next to me. And her little sister looked like she was about to fight me because she really thought I broke her sister's neck. It was like the best <laughs> memory. <laughs> One of like the funniest things that's ever happened. But so, you know, you have to treat kids differently than you do adults. And then um, I treat pregnant patients a little bit differently just because they have a lot more going on. They have a lot more emotions that are involved um, with their treatment and they have uh, some different things. So, I mean, golly, there's so much or even working with patients who are overweight, I have to treat them differently because you have to be sensitive about that. You don't want to just tell someone just right out you're fat or something. Like if I'm dealing with a nutrition patient, I'm not just going to say you're fat and we need to get rid of that. Like that's just terrible. Um, who wants to go see somebody that talks to you like that? You want them to have empathy. You want them to um, be caring for you and know that there's other issues of why you've gotten to the point that you've gotten to. So, I mean, that's what, did I say five hats already? And that's just in work alone. <laughs> Um, yep, pretty much. And you are going based on something that I was totally not even thinking about when I'm thinking about work hats, which is true. Like you do, depending on who you're working with, you have to tap into different personalities within yourself to meet the needs of whoever it is that comes in your door. But I was right. thinking more, you're a, so you're a coworker, you're, um, you are a supervisee. And you may be a supervisor, you may be that person who's having that direct contact. I mean, just in my clinic alone, I've had to switch hats between being the receptionist and scheduling appointments. So it's like all these different things that you do. So I wasn't even thinking about how you actually treat the people that you're working with. Now you were talking more so coworkers. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, wait, maybe she's thinking about how like my relationship with the front desk is different or my relationship with my boss or my relationship with just anybody that I interact security guard and how I have to interact with all of them. Um, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, I mean, with each of those people I have a different relationship with um, the front desk might come to me for advice or something like that, or I have to tell them different ways to talk to patients because like when, when that part happens, I have to be a little bit more, um, I don't want to say like I'm not professional all day, but, you know, I have to be less friendish when I have to tell them, well, when a patient does this or when a patient says this, you have to do X, Y, Z. Or when a patient does this, you have to do what A, B, C, you know, um, when I'm doing that, I have to be less friendish so that it kind of gets the message across. But at the same time, I don't want to be mean, mm-hmm. you know, and then when it's the boss, I mean, the boss is your boss and you can 
you can't you can say what you want but you can't because at any moment you know if you don't have your own space or your own job you can be fired (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah and um and i think that's one of those roles that it can be difficult for some people to navigate and how to turn it on and turn it off and and i think that you know at some point and i don't want to bring race into this but Based on some people in certain cultures, there is a way that you communicate with your friends and you communicate with your family that wouldn't necessarily be considered professional. So when you go into the work environment, you're not so much being a different person, but you're in a different way based on the hat that you're putting on as soon as you walk through the doors of your job. No, that that is so true. And not only... um... I don't, not even with race, but also being a female in an industry that's predominantly male, you have to have um, a different persona almost, not a different persona, but like people are surprised and be like, oh, I didn't think you could do that. Or like, you're strong or whatever. It's like, yeah, but I mean, all I do is work with what I have. I don't have to use brute force. I use finesse when I do stuff, you know? Um, So those are type of different types of hats that I use as well at work. Um, it's just, there's just so many different things that you have to think about and you have to deal with every day. And some people that are like males, males in either one of our fields or, um, people of other races in our fields, they don't have to think about when they're dealing with some of these things or dealing with some of these issues or dealing with some of the, the things that patients will say that they wouldn't necessarily say to our male counterparts, you know? Right. Agreed. And um, I mean, I probably don't get it as much, mostly because I work with kids. So there's no real gender specific kids that come in and say, well, I don't want to work with you because you're a female. So I don't necessarily have that. But I could definitely see if some big, strong, when I say strong, like maybe a muscly guy comes in to get an adjustment, he's probably looking at you and like, "Uh, how are you going to adjust me? Yes. You don't even know how many times that comes up. And then they're like all strong or big, or they're all big or whatever. Not all of them, but you know, when they come in and then I adjust them and they're like, um, one guy was like, how, how much do you weigh? <laughs> I was like, why is that? You're really strong. You said it's not so much about strength. It's about the finesse and the way you actually do it. You don't have to put a lot of force into it. And I don't think people understand that. Right, exactly. And that is the biggest thing because um, I used to have a coworker and colleague, she's a colleague now, um, that said, I am bigger than a vertebra. And it's like, wow, that is so true. A vertebra, I'm way bigger than a vertebra. So I can shift them. It doesn't matter how big you are. I'm bigger than the vertebra inside of you. Very true. That makes a lot of sense, actually. If we go outside of work, then we're entering into our just our community and being in a community requires you to wear a bunch of different hats. So some of the roles that I've seen within a community can start as simple as being just a neighbor, getting a little more complex with being more of like a good Samaritan. I feel the roles that used to be 
are a little bit different now. And maybe it's just because I'm a little bit more introvert. Um, I remember knowing most of my neighbors growing up. I don't, I could, if you asked me what my next door neighbor's names were, I hope they're not listening. If you are, I'm sorry, just come over and introduce yourselves properly. But I don't know their names. Like on one side of my neighbor, my right-hand side neighbor, if I saw them, I would be able to say hi. I would know who they were. Actually, I saw one of them at the store the other day. He played a prank on me. I was standing there shopping, and I had my back turned because I was looking at the um, some like power bars, or not power bars, some protein bars or something like that. And my cart was like off to the side, and all of a sudden my cart starts moving, and I turn to the side, and my neighbor is standing there moving my cart laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the heck? I started laughing too. It was it was funny. I, I just wasn't expecting it. But um, like them, I would know what they look like out, out and about. But well, now you have masks on. But anyway, but the other side neighbors, if I saw them at a store or whatever, I would have no clue who they are. So I just feel like the community roles, I don't know if it's just my neighborhood or what are changed a little bit um, versus when I was younger. Well, I will definitely say that growing up, um, especially, you know, growing up with Granny and living so close to her, I think Granny knew just about everybody that lived within a two block radius of her. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. I knew a lot of them through extension. And even if I didn't know them personally, they definitely knew me. I have actually known a good chunk of the people that surround me and we do stuff together and some we've moved out of the neighborhoods, but we still get our families together. So my sense of community is a little bit different in this particular neighborhood. And with this one, really, I mean, I've got a sandwich of people and we get together on a regular basis. The two of them get together even more often than I get together with them. But it's like we've got a wine group there's a, a mom's group within the neighborhood. So there's all these different groups and even a book club, I believe, where neighbors get together. We rotate houses and we host different events. So we actually get to know some of our neighbors. And I've even met one neighbor. I always see him pay, posting things in our Facebook group. And one day it just so happened he was walking up to the lake just as I was coming around on my run. And I saw him and I was like, oh, you're the guy that's always posting things on the Facebook group. <laughs> so, so, you know, we would chat and he was always out on my morning run. So every time I see him, I just be like, oh, hey, Bob. And his name really is Bob. Crazy, right? <laughs> but yeah, so there's some neighbors here that I guess it just depends on the neighborhood you live in. Because our group is very active and there's a lot of neighbors that do things together. So like we're on the the next door app or whatever, and there are they were starting right before COVID started. Um, they were doing a cooking mm. group where people were gonna come go to different kitchens around the different neighborhoods. But it's not like just one neighborhood. So it's like our subdivision and like three or four other subdivisions all share the same next door. So okay. it makes it a little bit different. And I feel like our subdivision is kind of large. I don't know if that's what everybody's subdivision is kind of large. Um, and I I do wish we lived on a cola sac um, like you guys do, because I feel like that kind of makes a difference too. living yeah. on a cola sac versus being on just like we're we live on a street. My street that I live on it was still 
this little easy to network type of area because it's somewhat enclosed. The other difference too, I've noticed, depending on where you are, there's not a lot of kids outside. And as we've talked about in the previous episode, yeah. some of the connections that I've made as an adult have been through the kids' parents are playing with. And when we first moved into our last neighborhood, we were moving in and one of the neighbors drove by, backed up, dropped kids off, waved at us. And then the kids came up and said, hey, can we come play with your kids? And we were like, um, okay. <laughs> that is so weird. And though. so and it was always like about 15 kids that were all out and you would find the kids based on where the bikes were in the driveway, but they would just be all over the neighborhood and you'd just go find the bikes. Oh, there's the kids. So that, I think it just makes a difference of the ages of the kids. If the kids are actually outside playing and how social some of the parents are. Cause my next door neighbor, I think when we had just moved in over here, it was cold outside and she came over. Hi, just wanted to introduce myself. Um, I have three kids. I'm over here. Da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So nice to meet you. <laughs> and I'm like, it's cold and I don't have any shoes on. So I'm going to go back inside. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like how I was like wanting and hoping that people around would do because I knew I wasn't going to be the one to go over there. And my husband, I mean, he's not going to be the one to go over there. But if he he talks to anybody, he could talk to anybody, but he's not going to go and seek out extra attention or whatever which I would I would really love to go seek out extra like oh hi but I don't think I could I'd, I'd have stage fright or whatever my stomach would be hurting or my heart would be beating so fast just trying to go make that initial contact I've known people for years and still don't have their phone number because I'm afraid to so you're, you're dealing with a little bit of social anxiety look I just put on my therapist <laughs> Don't I just put on my therapist hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, therapist hat off. No, but I understand how that is because I too am one of those where I'm not so much going to seek someone out, but if I happen to see you, I'm okay talking to you because my kids are like, you talk to everybody. I said, I do, but only if they're in proximity. Like I'm not going to go out of my way and knock on your door unless I absolutely needed something. I'm not going to be that one to say, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. That's not me. Right. Like, so one of my closest friends, the only reason why I got her number, um, and that's one of the closest friends out here in Texas, is because our daughters were doing something together and they had planned something and her daughter didn't have a phone. My daughter did, but I had like a way to contact her but I didn't have her phone number. And I was like, oh shoot, I need a phone number so that we can, so I make sure everything's okay and we can get to link up or whatever. So that's literally the only reason why I got the number. I think if, if that didn't happen, I still would not have yeah. that. So now it's like, I want to be neighborly. So I want to be friendly. I don't want to make you upset because you're my neighbor, but you're having the whole cul-de-sac filled up with cars and it makes everybody else have a lot of trouble getting out of driveways. What do we do in that situation? Like how can we keep our neighborly friendly connection, but tell you at the same time, yeah. look, you're doing too much and I need you to get all of your cars out of the way. So, <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, I was wondering when I was like wondering, is that who she's talking about? But I wasn't going to say that. 
but you said yeah. it anyway. And I was like, I wonder if this is the name. Yeah, and I mean, I have not had any negative interactions with them. I, well, it's not blocking And it's not blocking my driveway. I have zero problems <laughs> getting out. I would hate it if they were having a party the same day that we were having people over because when they have people over, it literally lines the cul-de-sac from their driveway straight out. And since they're in the center of the cul-de-sac, they literally just line and stack their cars. And it's like, if we had people over, where the heck would other people park? And the poor neighbor in between us, they literally have space to park one car in front of their house and that's it. <laughs> What about um, the the half of the community of like PTO or PTA, like being at the school? Yes, that definitely requires a special kind of hat. <laughs> a special kind of hat. So I think in the, so when my kids, when uh, Samaya was in elementary school, I, I never really was part of the PTO. If they called it PTO in Missouri because you didn't have to pay to join. So when I moved to Texas and they told me I had to pay to join the PTA, I'm like, why would I pay to volunteer? But that's neither here nor there. Right. Um, but <laughs> so I was, I was part of it and I would do as many things as I could, but with work schedules or whatever, it would make it kind of challenging but out here, I haven't really done anything. Just like I said, I was like, what the heck? Why am I paying to volunteer? But at the same time, all their activities have been when I'm working. So I haven't been able to go to anything anyway. But right now, it doesn't really matter because nobody's doing anything. But it's just hard because you have to deal with or talk to some of these parents. And some of these parents are very pleasant. But some of these moms are not pleasant at all to talk to. And they're like obnoxious and pretentious. And you're like, oh, my God. Funny that you said that, because as soon as you started talking, I just had flashbacks to some movie that I watched where the parents were like this little mean girl click. <laughs> Is it Bad Moms with the Jada Pickett Smith and um, Christina Applegate were the mean ones? Yep, I believe that's exactly what it was. But yeah, so I haven't had that bad of an experience with the PTA out here. I don't understand the paying piece, but at least one of the schools that we went to, they made it slightly better. Um, if you joined the PTA, you paid your little $15 or whatever it was, the kids would get a wristband and any day they wore the wristband, they could do like a free dress day. I never did anything. I was always working, so I never really participated in many events. The few things that I did do was more one of my friends was like, hey, we need somebody else on this committee. Can you help? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I guess. As long as it doesn't require me to be there during the school day, I can help. Well, you could also, I mean, it's not that expensive. It just, when I went to sign up last year, I wasn't expecting to have to pay. So I literally had, I didn't even have my wallet on me. All I did was go, I thought I was just going to meet the teacher and pick up and um, sign up for, for the PTA. And then they were like, okay. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was like 10 or $15. I literally had nothing yeah. <laughs> on me. And I was like, because I lived down the street. So I was like, oh, I have to pay? For what? What am I paying for? And no one really knows. It's just like, this is just your registration fee to be part of the organization. And I'm like, okay, well. So I was able to volunteer for some of the, event, some of the stuff that they had during the year. Um, on the days that I had off, I just um, didn't pay to become a member. I just volunteered when they needed extra parents. Yeah, I will have to say that I have not 
received any type of benefit from being an actual member. There's nothing extra that you get from any other parent except for maybe an email that I often delete. Sorry, anybody on the PTA that's listening. <laughs> so, like, right. I don't know why I'm paying you, but whatever. Give me my little wristband and I'll go about my day. But that is true. I hardly ever take any money to these things. And so it's like, who just brings money thinking they need to buy something? Yeah, I didn't know. I, I had already bought school supply. As a matter of fact, it was a school supply drop off. Oh, so, I was like, I'm already bringing all these school supplies. I ain't trying to. I'm not buying no school supplies. I'm not buying no spirit wear. You already, I already have some spirit wear that we just got when we registered my son. Like there was, I, literally, there was no reason for me to have my ID. And she was like, Oh yeah, it's this much. And I was like, Oh, well. I'll catch you on the flip. Right, exactly. Things that we could do within the community, even just volunteering. I know we've both been to the food bank. Um, so that's something for the community. I'm sure there's plenty of other ways to help out the community. There's coaching. What else? You could do coaching, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts. Join a, a community group that will donate and do other stuff. There's just so much stuff. I think the list can go on and on. We could talk about it for forever, but... I think I'm ready to get to the wind down. And now the weekly wind down with our favorite things. So now for my favorite part of the show, the wind down. I have selected something that I don't generally drink because I'm not a super chocolate fan, but I have a dessert wine and it is called Choco Vine. I think Choco Vine. I don't know. Pronounce it however you want to. Um, but it is called, it is the taste of Dutch chocolate and fine red wine. And it says that it is a product of Holland. So hmm. here is the very, 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 very brief description. Our classic, because I have the original and there are four flavors. So our classic is a perfect marriage between Dutch chocolate and French Cabernet, strong, full flavors with a delicate finish. All right, so let's give this a shot. All right, I can definitely taste, which I don't hate. I think I only like it because of the sweetness of the chocolate. So it does have a very chocolatey start. And then the end, it's like that wine hits you in the end. So I think I would... Um, I could probably drink a glass. This is not something that I could drink the bottle, like at all. I would drink a glass and like a normal size glass. Like, what do they say? A serving of wine is supposed to be like two ounces. That's what I would drink a wine. <laughs> but it's not bad. It reminds me of that wine that I tried in one of our like first podcasts that was that I said tasted like a milkshake almost. That too was a dessert chocolate wine, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. This one, um, it's not very milkshakey. Creamy? No. Yeah, that one had cream. That had cream in it as well. Okay. Now, I will say they have a choco vine whipped cream, which okay. is still a French wine, but it also has vanilla and cream. So I think that one I would probably like a little bit more. They also come in raspberry and dark chocolate. Dark chocolate, I'm sure I will absolutely hate because I don't even like dark chocolate. So, dark chocolate's delicious. Ugh, no, I mean, I'm not even a fan of chocolate itself, unless it's like oh. a Snickers bar. So it has peanuts in it. That's the only way I really care for chocolate. 
know, I'm horrible, right? But this is my wine stick. It's it's honestly not bad. Um, I do have it. I did have it refrigerated. I do believe it's best served cold. I picked this one up actually at HEB, not at Total Wine. And when I picked it up, it was in the refrigerator section. So I just brought it home and put it in the refrigerator. So it's not bad. So before we go to the um, favorite things this week, I will give you guys an update on the one that I tried last week. Um, I tried it cold. I put I put it in the refrigerator, corked it back up and all, you know, to try. And I was like, okay, well, let's give it another try. And let me just tell you guys, no, 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 no. I it was it tasted just the same but cold. <laughs> I, was, I was not. I was not okay. <laughs> I was like, oh God, no, no. I think this is a first for our podcast. We have encountered a beverage that we are not recommending. Yeah, no. I you know what? I know I'm not a wine drinker and maybe that's why, but even if you are a wine drinker, I still wouldn't even try. Oh, it just, oh my God. I couldn't even, no. <laughs> just so no. I guess if you want to prove us wrong, you are more than welcome to try that wine out and report back to us and let us know what you decide. Right. Yes. Do that. Eat Texas or not Texas message us or whatever. So we can see um, what you guys thought. So my favorite thing for this week is kind of goes with hand in hand with wine because, you know, a lot of people do those paintings and drinking, you know, whatever, where you go to a paint place and then you drink your own wine or alcohol, whatever you want, or your own um, beverage. Yeah. So I found this thing because of COVID, you know, you don't really want to go out to too many places with a bunch of people you don't know. Um, I found a thing that I was able to order online and it's like a tree with a woman, a woman coming out of the ground and she's like a tree and it's like um, Mother Earth or Earth Rising. I don't know, something like that is what it's called, but it's called painting by numbers. So you order it and they give you all of the paint that you need. The whole picture is numbered and you literally, they give you the paintbrush and I bought the, um, the canvas uh, holding too so I could put my paint thing on the canvas. So I got put on the canvas. And just look at the numbers from little paint things that they give me and find the numbers on the um, on the canvas and paint away. So I haven't finished it, but once I get finished, I'll let you guys know because it probably will be a thing of beauty. Oh, I'm absolutely <laughs> sure it will. I can't wait to see it. But I do think that's an excellent idea. And um, I know now with us not really being able to go places, a lot of the painting places have started doing almost like an online thing. Yep, so now you have. can still pick up all of the supplies and you can still have a painting party. Just now it's at your house or your clubhouse or your garage, wherever you so choose to set up. And you put them on a Zoom video and you just watch them go. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I did see that. And um, that was actually what made me look into this painting by numbers place because there was a really good painting I wanted to do, but they did not have it online. They only had it at the in-person painting thing. Then my husband was very against me going to an in-person painting thing um, because our family has been hit kind of hard on his side of the family with, uh, with the Rona. So, you know, he doesn't want to take any chances with any of that stuff. So I was like, that makes sense. I understand. So I want to paint 
let me find something I could do. So the paint by numbers is what I, I'm doing. And I like it so far. Well, and you know, the benefit is at least if you're doing it at home, you can drink as much wine, the whole bottle, if you want to. Or drink sparkling water. Or you could do that. It's just not as fun and your painting won't come out nearly as well. So <laughs> 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 All right. So in keeping in line with the artistic theme of our favorite things, um, my favorite thing right now for this week is um, the adult coloring books. So I have actually had these for a long time. When they first started putting them out, I think I was gifted probably seven of them. And all I was thinking every time I got another one was like, do you guys feel like I'm stressed and I need to color or something? Like, I'm not stressed. Am I doing something? But <laughs> um, I know a lot of people use them to kind of ease stress and just calm themselves a little bit. But I actually use them a little bit more when I am just like, I don't want to say bored, but sometimes bored. And then other times I have a thing where I like to have my hand moving and if you ever watch me talk, I am a hand talker and I literally have to hold my hands on my lap for me to not move them while I'm talking. So um, having the coloring books has been really helpful recently because they switched us from using our phones to do our video calls for our therapy sessions. to so now I'm using my computer when in the past I would type. While I was in a session, now I can't. So I use my hands and I color, yes. People think I might be taking notes. No, I am not taking notes. I am coloring in my adult coloring book, coloring lots of flowers and birds. And it's a wonderful thing. And it keeps my hands busy. I um, So I did a coloring book not too long ago. And it wasn't an adult coloring book. It was a Harry Potter coloring book. But it was like along the lines of the um, adult coloring book where they had the stark white uh, uh, picture and then the sharp black line so you can really get in there and it has a lot of depth and detail. I love Harry Potter, guys, if you didn't know. You probably didn't, but I do. Yeah, I think coloring books are actually really awesome and more adults should color because when I have sessions with little kids, one of the first things that I do is I'm like, oh, would you like to color a picture today? Let's pick out some pictures. And we will sit there and we will color throughout the whole entire session and it's awesome and great and I love it. All creativeness is good. Well, I guess this is it for this episode, guys. We'll see you next time. And maybe you guys can tell us what kind of art you guys have been up to lately. Talk to you later. That's all for now. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends to listen. You can find us on the gram at pmpspeaking underscore podcast at roxy.lpc. And at Dr. Underscore Fit Mama. Till next time, guys.